what do you think the future looks like? Well, I will tell you that U.S. News and Week or whatever their title is just named PAs as the number one profession in the U.S. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have a wonderful guest who I've gotten to know briefly, but has so many interesting things going on, and I'm so happy that she's on this episode. If you're someone looking for a profession that has some aspects of being a physician or a doctor, you know, where you see patients, prescribe medications, even doing some procedures, but without the amount of schooling and time and possibly debt that comes with being a physician, then maybe this career might be for you. Today, we're going to talk with Savannah Perry. She's a physician assistant, otherwise known as a PA, and she's based out of Georgia. And she has a ton of experience, not only clinically, but also experience helping other future PA students or even helping PA graduates. She has a website called the PA Platform, which we're definitely going to talk about and learn about and how that can help people. But uh, she helps these students and graduate students, or or graduates, I should say, uh, learn about uh, how to navigate the PA school and navigate work itself after they graduate. So there's a a lot of wonderful bits of information here where even I learned a lot about what it takes to be a PA and what you do, but also how it's different from a nurse practitioner, which has some similarities, as well as how it's similar and different from a physician. So this was very educational for me. I believe it's going to be very helpful to you as it helps to clarify maybe a career for you as well. Um, So let's jump into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode with yours truly on Health Careers with Dr. Marn. Today, I have an awesome guest. It's uh, Savannah Perry. How are you doing, Savannah? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, uh, as I told you, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm so glad we connected. To get things started, I'd love to get a quick bio of yourself just to give people an introduction of your background and, and what you're doing. Okay. Hey, guys. I'm Savannah Perry. I work as a dermatology PA in Georgia. I've grown up in Georgia, lived here forever. I went to the University of Georgia. I was a biology major, graduated in 2012. I went straight into PA school at Augusta University, and I graduated from there in August of 2014, and I've been working in dermatology for the last six and a half years. Um, I also have a website and blog called The PA Platform, where I help people figure out if they want to be PAs and how to get there and go through the whole pre-PA process. I am married to a hospitalist, and I have a two-year-old. Just some little fun facts. And now I work part-time, so um, I am now a part-time Derm PA. So I definitely want to talk about, you know, what services you're providing on your PA platform and such. And let's kind of save that a little bit later. But I want to kind of dive into more the clinical and kind of job aspect of being a PA. So number one, what exactly is your job title and what do you do clinically? My job title is Dermatology PA. I work in a private practice office and I see patients 
from about 8.30 to 4.30 on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, I usually will see up to about 35 patients. We see anywhere from babies all the way to elderly patients. And I do medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatology. And number two, what are the usual steps you had to take to achieve a, your professional degree? So first, getting a bachelor's degree and completing all of the required prerequisites, patient care experience, shadowing, volunteering, and the GRE. And then PA school, um, my program was 27 months. It was a master's program. And then you don't specialize as a PA or you don't have to. There are optional programs, but I went straight into getting trained at my job to work in Durham. And what is the best part of your profession in a sentence or two? The best part of being a PA is definitely the teamwork aspect. I have an amazing physician and just great office staff and work environment. And I love that. Um, In dermatology, I love getting to see patients improve and see their rashes get better and their acne get better and how much that makes them happy and affects their confidence. So that part's really fun. And uh, what misconceptions do people have about your profession? Just one, one misconception. For PAs, it's a newer career. So the biggest misconception probably has to do with our name, physician assistant, and people thinking that we are more like an MA or, or a medical assistant and, and you know, stuck to the doctor's hip when that's not usually the case. And Um, Most PAs have a lot more autonomy and ability to practice individually. And finally, of these quick questions, what other professions do you usually work with closely? Um, So physicians. So I have a physician that I work with in the office, other PAs. um, We have one other PA in my office. Physicians I refer to mainly plastic surgeons and Mohs dermatology surgeons, occasionally rheumatologists. Um, and patients' primary care physicians. We also have medical assistants in my office that I work very closely with. I have a dedicated MA who's with me 24-7. All right. Well, thank you. That kind of hopefully gives a nice, complete, as best picture in a few minutes. That's fantastic. Thanks, Savannah. So I want to kind of dive deeper, Savannah, into your profession as a PA. You said you do, you're a dermatology PA. So what type of patients are you dealing with? Is it just acne all day? Are you, how do you work with the team that you mentioned, the MA, the PAs, and the MDs that you were talking about? So people do, and I had this misconception. When I was in undergrad at UGA, I had an amazing opportunity to shadow a dermatology PA. She was awesome. Her name was Hope Cook, and she let me come shadow her once a week for a whole afternoon. So for about a year, I would go every Thursday afternoon and shadow her. But originally I had the same thought. I thought this is just going to be acne and old naked people. This is going to be so boring. I don't want to do derm. There's no way this is interesting. But once I got there, I figured out that dermatology is actually pretty interesting because the skin can do some crazy stuff. I've seen some wild rashes And being both the newest provider in my office and kind of having the most availability, I guess, I see a lot of the new patients, so I get to see all that crazy stuff. If somebody has a triage or a problem, they can usually get in with me the quickest. Mm -hmm. And so that's fun for me because I get to do a lot of problem solving. Um, But I see lots of acne, eczema, 
um, psoriasis, moles, funky spots, warts, molluscum, dealing with lots of skin cancer, um, lots of sun damage. We do cosmetics, so we're doing Botox filler, chemical peels, lasers as well. Um, cysts, things you'd see on Dr. Pimple Popper, we definitely mm-hmm. see those, but it's it's a nice variety. Are you also doing procedures too? Yes. And prescribing medications? Yes. So as a PA, I do prescribe medications. Um, I cannot, which in Durham, we don't really use pain medicine, um, but there are certain scheduled pain medications that I cannot prescribe, but no one in my office prescribes those just based on the nature of our work. Mm-hmm. So that's not really an issue where I'm at. Um, and that's state dependent. Some states, PAs are able to prescribe more. Um, and so, yes, I prescribe medication. So if, if a patient comes in, they're on my schedule to see me. Um, so usually what happens is my medical assistant will bring them back. She's going to put them in a room, take a history. We don't do many vitals in dermatology. Um, so it's more asking very focused history about their skin And then she's going to come out. I'm going to review their chart and kind of look at what they've done in the past, what medicines they're on, and then go in the room. My medical assistant goes with me and does documentation while I'm in there. So I'm doing physical exam, able to talk to my patient. I'm not staring at a computer while I'm with my patient. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, But I guess she's kind of functioning as a scribe. But she's also getting prescriptions ready, getting samples. If I'm going to do a procedure, if they have a mole that needs to come off, she's getting that ready. And um, and then I'd go ahead and do it. So if somebody needs a biopsy, we'll do either a shave or a punch then. We're freezing with liquid nitrogen. Um, and then once she's done, I'll finish up my note. We're on kind of a semi-paper and electronic chart, so I dictate my notes. Mm-hmm. So I try to um, stay on top of that. I never take work home with me. I never take charts home with me. So um, that's something I decided very early on in my career was that work stays at work. And so I'll make sure everything's dictated before I leave. And and then that kind of completes that patient encounter. In my job now, I do a good bit of excisions, which I really enjoy. I loved my surgery rotation when I was in PA school. And so it's nice to be able to, we're not in an OR, it's a little different, but do excisions on skin cancers or cysts, um, or lipoma, anything maybe. come out. Yeah. Lipomas. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> so satisfying. Yes. Yes. They're great. Is a PA supposed to function under a physician's office or can they work independently? So the way the PAs were designed was to have a relationship with a collaborating physician. That that looks different depending on setting, specialty, experience level, and the relationship between that PA and the physician. And that's one thing that makes PAs unique is that we can have the same title technically, but look completely different. I have Durham PA friends who don't do any excisions. Um, and I have ones who only do surgery and surgical, um, procedures. And so it's, it's very interesting. Um, and a PA, let's say you're a PA who works in cardiothoracic surgery. You're probably going to be working more closely with your physician. 
y'all will probably talk about every single patient, um, especially as like a new career PA. If you've been doing it for 20 years, that might look different. Um, And so it's a lot of kind of adjusting as you go. I needed way more handholding right at the beginning when I was learning versus now I can treat acne and psoriasis and feel good about those and, and confident. But if I ever have a question, my physician's available. Um, she's either in the office or I can call her if needed, if I need her to help me with a patient. So can a PA work independently? In other words, can they set up shop on their own? Okay. It's state dependent on whether PAs can own practices. In Georgia, we cannot. In Florida and California, I know that PAs can own practices, but you still have to have a physician on board. You would just technically be their employer, um, but they would still be your collaborating physician. I see. I see. So there has to be some connection with another physician in some format and depends on the state. Yes. So I'm just trying to figure out how... What, you know, if a student's like, why don't I just be a PA versus a physician or vice versa? What are the different roles and independence that one has? It sounds like you're able to prescribe medications. Mm-hmm. You're able to do procedures. Yes. You're able to, depend on the place and location and the, the environment, if you will, the setting, you could work independently, but with some kind of, at least a legal connection and yes. clinical connection with a, a physician or a physician group. Right. Is there anything else that I that someone should consider if they're like okay PA or physician? So uh, the the education is different, um, and that I think is is the biggest part. And personally, there are some PAs who do want to practice independently. That was never my intention when I was deciding between PA and med school. I actually shadowed a team. They were a team of a PA and a doctor. They worked in hospitalist medicine and wound care. Mm -hmm. And I went with them together on rounds and separate to see patients. And through that process is really what showed me that I liked that teamwork approach, but I didn't personally feel like I needed to go through the whole process of medical school to still be able to provide care to patients because looking at med school and everything that was involved, it just seemed very overwhelming. I looking at choosing a residency, I would just get very anxious about that. And so PA presented kind of this happy medium of you can still take care of patients and be involved and be trained medically and clinically, but you can have that teamwork, which personally I think makes patient care better when there is a team approach because it's kind of a checks and balances system. Mm -hmm. And in our office, being that we do derm, we try to actually rotate who does um, skin exams on patients so that they're getting multiple sets of eyes. And that to kind of what we found helps you to see new things or notice new things that maybe somebody might have missed. And also, you know, obviously the school for medical school, you got to go through college, medical school, internship, residency. For PA school, you have to get an undergraduate degree, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and a graduate degree. They're all master's programs. Mm -hmm. How many years is that? 
programs range from 24 to 36 months, and the majority are straight through. So that's something that I found different because my husband was in medical school while I was in PA school. Um, Our classes for the first half, which was didactic year, was it was 15 months. We didn't get any really time off, maybe three or four days in between semesters, a couple weeks at Christmas, and our classes were from eight to five, Monday through Friday. Intense. It was intense. It was a lot. Whereas, um, and I don't know how, if probably not all med schools are like this, but my husband's classes were eight to twelve Monday through Friday, and he got the summer off to do research, which all of that was important for his path, but it it was just set up very differently. So we still get a ton of classroom time, and we're taught in at least in my program mainly by doctors. Um, we mm-hmm. had we were part of an academic center, and we had the physicians who taught the med school classes coming and teaching us. We took the exact same anatomy and physiology, used the exact same cadaver lab to do those courses. I had a guest uh, in several episodes ago with a friend of mine, Alexa Maestrone. She's a nurse practitioner. Cool. And she worked with PAs in this neurology group, as well as other NPs. And she kind of highlights some of the differences between like a PAs and NPs. How would you describe the differences between NPs and PAs? It's also state dependent because where I'm at in Georgia, we function primarily the same in clinical settings. So we have the same rules. Um, NPs cannot own practices here either. And in some states they can, and they can practice a little more independently. But in Georgia, that's, we're the same. It's all the same. So from that standpoint, it's really the training that's different and how they go to nursing school first and then create, complete a program to become a nurse practitioner. And there's just a really big variety in NP programs. There are a bunch that are mostly online, which there's only one online PA program. And the hour requirement is a good bit less than what you have for PA school for clinical experience, um, which nurses do have usually experience as nurses before going to NP school. But um, like when I was looking at nursing versus PA, I just felt like I really wanted that medical training and, and those, I don't know, it's different, I think, doing clinical training where you were involved in the diagnosis and the treatment decisions versus the taking care of patients, if that makes sense. There are states that are PA friendly and there are states that are more NP friendly. And I think that's something anyone going into either of those careers should look at before Uh, choosing because I've spoken to PAs, especially in some like Northern or Midwest states that once they got there, found out that to work as a PA, you really had to have uh, what they call an APP postgraduate program if you wanted to do ICU because they preferred NPs who already had ICU training from when they were nurses. And so if that's something you really want to do, it may be worth kind of exploring that before you get so choose your on state, path. Even choose your path, even based on where you might want to end up. Yes. You're, you mentioned a misconception you had people have misconceptions of your profession is you're stuck with MDs. What other misconceptions do people have about PAs? 
So the ones I usually see the most are actually on social media more than in clinic. Um, I feel like where I'm at, patients have a good understanding of what PAs are. I don't really get asked about my profession or told that like people want to see the doctor in my actual day job. But one thing I, I see sometimes is that PAs, people assume that PAs want independent practice and that we want to be independent and want to be like doctors or couldn't go to med school. Um, and that's just not the case. I would say the majority of people who became PAs chose that um, and chose it for a reason, whether it was their own personal kind of plan and goals. It's a, It was designed as a secondary career, and a lot of PAs still use it as that. So we have a lot of people who are teachers who decide at 30, 35, 40, they want to go into medicine, and signing up for eight to 12 years of med school just doesn't make sense. And so PA is a great option for them to kind of pivot and transition into a clinical role. Um, and so, yeah, I would say the majority of us do not want to be like fake doctors. We don't want to be independent. We really are happy with our roles. You mentioned some of the rewarding part is, uh, of your job is just working with some great team and, and having some of those people to really kind of bounce ideas off of. Is there a least favorite part of your job? Ooh. Um, so I feel like I have to separate it into like being a PA and working in dermatology because they're kind of separate. Um, but like being a PA, I'm very happy with my decision. I think when I first started, I was very overwhelmed because we only got two weeks of dermatology in PA school. It was not a lot. So, so it's a lot of learning on the job a little yes. bit. So I did my figure out, huh? Yes, a lot to figure out. And I did. I have had great teachers. Every physician I've worked with has been an amazing teacher. And so, I originally did my two elective rotations in PA school, which was eight weeks in my job. So I was already hired. So I was able to use that as a really great training time. And then once I graduated, I had to take a couple weeks off to study for boards. It took another month or so to get my board scores back and get licensed with the state, get all of my insurance stuff set up. And so I was training for a good four months where I was with the doctor, learning EMR, learning billing and coding, learning dermatology, studying every night. And then we slowly started opening my schedule to regular kind of routine follow-ups to things I'd already seen with her and then acne and warts and then kind of build built from there and just kept checking in to see what she was comfortable with, what I was comfortable with, where I was struggling. Right. Um, and so there was a lot of support at first, but that was a huge learning curve. Um, and I was just exhausted for the first six months. It's kind of like an apprenticeship or a, a residency, a real residency on steroids. Well, in yeah. The first few months after. Well, and I, I honestly thought of myself kind of as a resident for the first few years um, where I had you to think about things just to put you in the right mindset. Yeah. And I was still, there were things as soon as I got comfortable with one thing, I would realize there was something else I wasn't comfortable with. So as soon as I kind of had, acne figured out. I figured out that I was struggling with psoriasis and I really focused on that for a while to make sure that I really comprehended everything well. 
um, and then moved on to peds, even though I don't see a ton of peds, so that makes it a little harder, but focusing on that a little bit more. But yeah, I definitely thought of myself as, as kind of a resident and I had times just a couple where I thought, oh man, like I wish I had residency because I would see something weird. I remember one time a patient came in, she was young, like a child, and she had this rash. It was really weird. It was only on one leg. And it was one of those cases that I walked in the room, I looked at her and instantly knew I've got to get the doctor. Like, this is weird. I I don't know what's happening. Um, and in those cases, usually I know what I need to do. Like, I know we're going to have to do a biopsy or start here or whatever. Like, I have an idea, but I definitely want to make sure that we're on the same page. So I grabbed her. She came in and she's like, oh my gosh, I only, I've only seen this once. I saw it 12 <laughs> years ago in residency. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, I wish I had residency. But even if I did a residency, I may not have seen that. And so those times kind of made me want that. But then going back to what you said, like I was like, oh, this is my residency. Like I'm two years out of practice and here it is. I get to see it. Typical though, for typical PAs, they finish their graduate school and they go into a specialty and they just do a deep dive into that specific specialty. Is that typically what happens? Most PAs, I would say, do go straight into their jobs. And I would say most physicians like to train PAs primarily on their own starting out. Like they would prefer to get kind of a fresh PA versus someone who um, maybe hasn't been trained the way they would prefer. Um, And so most PAs do go kind of straight in, but some people will do a program. There are one-year post-grad training programs in um, things like emergency medicine, surgery, psych, um, ICU. There are a few kind of unofficial derm ones, but not anything. Um, so there, very if you, want to do, you could do a, a one-year fellowship type thing. Fellowship if you could. Yeah. Got and what are all the different subspecialties that PAs can go into? Pretty much anything that you can think of in medicine or does it tend to be maybe only the top five or seven that people typically go into? It's pretty much anything. The only ones I would say they can't typically because they are more specialized programs would be anesthesia. There's an anesthesiology assistant who is kind of the equivalent to a PA. They are not... I don't think every state uses those, um, but I am going to get one of the anesthesiology assistants on this program eventually. So. Nice, yes, because um, yeah, they they have a very like niche thing. Um, and then pathology, there's also a pathology assistant program that's different. The only other specialty that's a little hit or miss is OBGYN because midwives are used so much and most states are not very PA friendly when it comes to the OB portion of working as a PA. So if hard to break into. Yeah. And that's something like I know a PA here, she actually works in Durham. Um, She went to school here to be a PA, went out to California to do an OBGYN post-grad program did it for a year, delivered like over 300 babies out there, came back and Georgia still would not approve her to deliver. Mm. And so she ended up in Durham because she really couldn't do her dream of doing the OB part. 
of working in that specialty. So that's one thing I tell people because sometimes people are like, oh, I really want to do OBGYN, which if you want to do the GYN side, there's lots of opportunity there. But um, from but kind of like, yeah, yeah, probably it's going to be tough depending on where you're at. What do you think the future looks like? Well, I will tell you that U.S. News and Week or whatever their title is just named PAs as the number one profession in the U.S. I so. did read that. Yes, that about a week or two ago. Yeah, we're we've pretty much always been in like the top three, which I think they look at that from a time it takes to become a PA, financial investment versus salary kind of thing. And the variety of the profession. But I think that's a good sign for just increasing awareness around PAs. And in general, I think there, I think just in our country, there's a need for medical care. Mm -hmm. Um, You're probably aware that they haven't really increased residency spots in many years. And so that makes the physician shortage more. And Mm -hmm. so there's more of a need. um, And that's where PAs kind of fill in some of those gaps, especially for rural medicine. Um, So I think it's a great career. I think it's going to continue to grow. I will say during COVID, which this happened across the board in medicine, there were a lot of furloughs and layoffs especially in specialties. I was very fortunate to keep my job. We were shut down for about six weeks um, where I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't really seeing patients. Yeah. And so, you know, there are crazy things that could happen that could affect it. But overall, I think it's still a good profession to go into. Well, listen, I want to kind of shift gears now. Okay. A little bit more lighthearted. Okay. It's my rapid fire questions I love to ask guests just to kind of see what's on the other side, if you will. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. All right. Beaches or snow? Beaches. What is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite vegetable? Asparagus. Really? Lately. I've, I've got a really great asparagus. I've been making it a lot. Grilled? Um, like in a pan with some garlic and a little bit of soy sauce. Ship that to New York for me. So good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you most admire about your spouse? He is a really fun dad. What do you do when you're, when you don't feel motivated? Watch reality TV. Uh, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Can I, say, can I say iced coffee? Is that a food? Sure, why not? Okay. Why not? What kind of musical instruments have you learned to play? Piano. What is one skill that you think has given you an advantage at work? Oh, um, I'm. <laughs> they think that I'm really good at at finding deals and finding things on the internet. Like recently, our one of our office chairs broke, and I was able to find the part. Like they, so maybe that. Very savvy there. Nice. I don't think it's so hard, but. (laughs) Finally, here's a a tough question. (laughs) Definitely asked at an interview for PA school, okay? Would you rather burp every time you lean in for a kiss or drool every time you talk? Oh, burp every time I lean in for a kiss. (laughs) For sure. Nicely done. That's it. Um, Savannah, tell us about 
your website and your your thing that you're doing for PAs uh, and PA students outside of your clinical work? So I started the PA platform as kind of an outlet while my husband was in med school because he was really busy. And I was so used to being a student and having assignments and tests. And after PA school, I didn't have that anymore. And so I created the PA platform as a blog and it's really developed into a cool community where we have podcast episodes on the pre it's called pre-PA mm-hmm. club um, every Friday that we've been doing for almost three years and um, blog posts that go up once or twice a week, a really strong kind of Instagram community, a Facebook group called the pre-PA club as well. Um, but my my blog, the, the PA platform, has been really nice for connecting students. And we do mock interviews and really help make the process easier since it really isn't standardized the way that like med school and some other types of grad programs are. Got it. So there's a bunch of services there. You help set up uh, mock interviews. Mm-hmm. I'll help with application. Yep. You help with essays whole bunch of different things. So anybody who's interested in PA school, check it out. Again, how did it, what's the name of the website? The paplatform.com. Got it. And is that the best way people can reach you is through that website? Yes. There's a contact form on there. My email's on there. I'm also really responsive on Instagram and that's just at the PA platform. If you send me a message or a comment, I'll try to get back to you there too. And you also have a number of other coaches that also work with you that, uh, that are through that website. So there's a lot of different people to choose from if they're not available or just a preference as well. Yeah, we only use PAs, um, practicing PAs, but we have a lot of PAs who help with coaching, which is nice to get kind of different opinions um, and different inputs into how you're doing if you if you need an unbiased opinion. Well, I think that's a great resource. What a great resource. And um, you found a need and a niche for, for that. So I, that's fantastic. Savannah, thank you so much for coming on. I It has been a pleasure and educational for me to learn about you and your specialty and your career. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That's our show today. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com or hcwithdrmar.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at drrichardmarn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.